Welcome to My Time, My Life with Trinette Faint. On this season of my podcast, I'll be talking to a variety of people, from creative entrepreneurs to business owners to writers to entertainers and others, about being bold and courageous, overcoming obstacles, and taking risks, all in the name of chasing dreams and building a career. I hope their stories will inspire you on your own journey. Thanks for listening. My special guest today is Kate DeBrito. Kate has been a journalist and editor in Australia for three decades, working for some of the country's biggest publications, both in print and magazines. Kate began her career as a newspaper reporter for the Daily Telegraph, Sydney's biggest tabloid newspaper, and later became editor-in-chief of women's website, Mama Mia, and editor-in-chief of Australia's number one news site, news.com.au. More recently, she was Executive Director of Flash, an Australian news streaming service. She has a degree in counseling and a passion for self-growth, hence her podcast, How to Be Happy. Kate is married with two adult daughters and a dog called Tilly and lives in Sydney, Australia. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi, Trinette. I'm really well. Thanks for having me. Of course. You're my first international guest. So oh, this is, exciting. This is huge. <laughs> Crossing the waters. Yes, we have uh, Linda to thank for that, for connecting us. We do, so, we hi, do. Linda. Thank you. Hi, Linda. <laughs> so, um, so you come from a news background. What led you to start your podcast, How to Be Happy? Um, I think because I have always had this interest in personal growth and personal development. I've worked in, as as you said, in a straight news background. I actually come from a family of journalists. So okay. uh, a lot of members of my family have worked in the media over the years. And I guess I went into that straight out of school. Um, you know, I trained within the industry. And I loved it. I've really um, enjoyed my career and it's been a really um, interesting career. But I think there's this part of me that has always had this uh, passion and interest around personal mm -hmm. development. And that's uh, the podcast, I guess, is that outlet for me. Okay. Okay. When did you start it? Uh, the podcast has been up and running. Well, I, I actually had it up and running a little bit uh, a few years ago during COVID when I was back working still as editor-in-chief at news.com.au. So I started it within the corporation, within the news corporation. Mm -hmm. And after I left the business, uh, it sort of shut down around COVID. And after I left the business, I decided to start it up again um, independently through another podcast group. Okay. So it's only well, it's only been back up and running a few a few months. I see. I see. Well, I think it's um, very timely, you know, us coming out of COVID and that very difficult time that still difficult for some people for you to have a podcast on how to be happy <laughs> and talking to people about, you know, their tricks and hacks on happiness. So yeah, well done there. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's, uh, the, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of um, podcasts and a lot of information in this area, but I think I just wanted to keep it, um, you know, on the upside, so to speak. You know, people mm -hmm. talk a lot about mental health challenges and those are really real and important conversations, but I wanted to make sure we're also looking at the solutions. So I guess that's, right. um, you know, the podcast has that that tenor to it about how we can find, what can we do um, certainly for ourselves to to create happier lives. 
Right, right. Did you find that your work in the um, in the newsroom it gave you more motivation to to really dive into your podcast? Because working in news, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. I remember taking a <laughs> news class in college, and <laughs> the teacher told us. So I just imagine you were around really hard hitting news all the time. Oh, and just yeah. Seeing the need for something more on the upside of life. Yeah, I think when you work as a journalist, you know, journalists tend to be pretty cynical um, and it's some of it is just probably by nature and some of it's probably a bit protective. Um, you know, I know journalists who've, who've seen some pretty terrible things in their life um, and I, I was talking to my husband about this the other day. We were driving down a road um you know, going down the coast. And I said, I remember seeing a car accident here when I was a junior reporter. I had driven up, I'd heard it on the police scanner that it had occurred. And I was working in a bureau at the time. And I arrived just as, you know, the police did. It was chaos, this scene. And I remember, you know, I won't describe it, but I remember sort of like a scene quite horrific. And later, you know, when I rang back, they said that the girl had had died the young woman had died and we talked about the fact that in those days I don't think people gave a lot of um you know there wasn't a lot of training for journalists about that sort of being confronted with those sort of images or those sort of stressful situations now they're very on it and I think that just happens because HR departments move that way these days but I guess to to your point yes you can see a lot of uh, difficult things as a journalist um and like you said, if it bleeds, it leads. It's always the the darker things that yeah, you know, seem to do better. And especially in a digital world, you know, the things that click right. are usually not the good news stories. So yeah, I, I definitely love to have a space where um, things are positive and you know the outlook is good because I genuinely believe that's that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so you said you grew up in a family of journalists so that was like your family business did you always know you were going into journalism (laughs) no I think I was like I'm never going to be a journalist and then (laughs) of course you know when I finished school I was like oh well maybe I will be a journalist um I think they call them nepo babies now don't don't they nepotism babies I probably was an old school nepo baby but it wasn't that um strange in those days yeah my my father was a journalist my uncles were all journalists uh my stepdad was a journalist and you know my brother um you know a couple of my cousins are still journalists as well so we were all kind of in the industry and yeah look it it was a great industry to enter into I feel like I sort of came in at the tail end of the real glory days um in the Mm -hmm. sense that News newspapers were still operating um, under a profitable model, which mm-hmm. didn't mean like it is now, tiny newsrooms, lots of cuts, very little resources. Um, before the internet, you know, newspapers were still were great places to work. They were great fun. And it was also before um, mobile phones as well. So everything was a different world then. It was, um, it was certainly a really fun industry to be in, but um, I think that changed a lot with digital media it changed the face of media it made it 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 just it just crunched the profits you know and I know one no one feels sorry for for big corporate barons like Rupert Murdoch but but the result of course was the fact that newsrooms just got really small and um you know reputable journalism became you know 
fewer and far in between as sort of any old new site sprang up. Right. I worked for a news um, a newspaper when I lived in Denver, and they too were a casualty of um, the digital age, I guess. Mm. So it was yeah. really fun. I remember. Yeah. Was always fun, like physically looking at papers and looking at the photography and stuff. I worked in the photography department there. On. Yeah. Well, your family and- dinners must be quite interesting with a table <laughs> full of journalists. I bet nobody can tell a lie. <laughs> Oh, trying to get anything over on someone. They're they're rowdy and uh, journalists tend to be big drinkers. So there's always a lot of alcohol consumed, probably far too much for anyone's good. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been pretty fun. And it and I guess it it made me grow up to be, um, you know, inquisitive and to also, mm-hmm. um, you know, be argumentative as well. We're all very argumentative and to. Um, yeah, we don't we don't sort of you know listen to a lot of bullshit, and and we're and we're I guess we're also well read in terms of current affairs, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, it can be interesting. So I guess growing up in that environment, you would probably naturally have a confidence because I imagine you would have to always be defending your point of views and um, uh, speaking eloquently about things and knowing what you're talking about. I think that I think that I did have a, a level of confidence, um, yeah, going into my first jobs. But I think again, journalism's a really good training ground for that. I remember going out recently. I took my daughter, who's eighteen now, and we went on a on a set visit um, to a show that we both liked, and I managed to get you know through the PR team a, a visit to to the set so we could meet a couple of the people on it. And we walked up and, and we, we we started talking. And my daughter said to me afterwards, she goes, How do you how do you do that? Um, like just go up and talk to them about things because understandably at her age, she's a teenager, she feels that sort of sense of awkwardness and you know, that we all did mm-hmm. at that age. And I and I said, it, for me for me that's just that's practice of, of something I've done for decades. And I guess you've been in the same sort of industry too, Trinette. You you learn how to go up to people, you learn how to speak to people, how to ask questions, how to be interested, and it becomes second nature. So I think being a being a young journalist and having to go up to people when you even when you didn't want to, when you wanted to hang back mm-hmm. because it's a bit mm-hmm. scary, and mm-hmm. having to go up and ask questions, it, it it teaches you those those sort of that confidence. I, I think that was really a, a beneficial thing of that time in the media. Yeah, I was just talking to someone um, recently uh, about this event that I went to when I was, you know, networking and talking to a lot of folks. And this person was like, "You just went up to these people and just started like talking to them." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like, that's what you're there for. Yeah. That's what I'm dressed in the suit for, you know. It's yeah, a whole, it's a whole package. Yeah, I, I didn't get dressed up like this just to come and eat the <laughs> eat the eat the muffins. <laughs> so tell me, Kate, uh, when you started your podcast, uh, were there any like major challenges and risks that you took and that you overcame? The challenges you overcame setting it up. I think my only challenge was just overcoming my own sort of, um, you know self-doubt and I and I and I don't mean about the podcast itself it you know even though I've got a I've got a great um 
team at um, DM Podcasts. They're a local podcast group. Mm-hmm. I, I still make the podcast myself. So I didn't really know how to do that. Like mm-hmm. when I'd initially started at News, there was a producer, there was a studio. So as you know, when you're doing a podcast yourself, you have to work out how do I even do this? Um, yeah. You know, I'm very fortunate that they provide the recording um, system, Riverside, which which we're using now. So that's good. But still, uh, how do I edit? Like, how do I do all the things that I need to do? Um, were I think it's always confronting when you don't know how to do something. And I think that's one of the keys to living successfully and living happily is to not be freaked out by that, to not let that stop you and to recognise that um, I always use the violin analogy. If you decide you want to be a violin player, you're not going to be any good the first time you do it. You're not even going to be any good the second or the third time. But that's not what it's about. Right. It's about getting in and having a crack. So I think right. once I jumped into those things that I was uncomfortable in, technical sort of things, and, and got mm-hmm. through that, I was okay. So those were probably the biggest difficulties for me. There wasn't really any risk for me doing this. Um mm-hmm. Except, I guess, um, yeah, just trying to get through, push through those sort of things of like, I don't know how to do it. The technical stuff is real. I mean, it <laughs> is hard. It is hard not to be intimidated by by these things and the 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 learning process, learning what you don't know. You know, every day, every time I do a new podcast, I definitely learn something different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's good to look at it like that as, as as it's supposed to be a learning opportunity. And I think also one day when I might have been thinking about doing a podcast and feeling some sort of stress about it or, or whatever, I had to remember that this was voluntary. No one was making me do this. And right, the reason right. I was doing it, the reason I started the podcast is because I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about personal growth. For me, it's just my happy space. So for me, having a podcast where I can do that, where I can talk to experts or people who are, you know, have tips and tricks, that's just that's just a joy. So I had to remember, like, don't get bogged down in yeah. the, the, the stuff that is complicated because you're doing this because you want to. So I think it's important to remember your motivation as well. Exactly. And that is excellent motivation. I feel the same. Um, again, it's very, very, very easy to go down a rabbit hole and be like, oh my God, this is so much. This is overwhelming. This is this, this is that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's actually quite fun. I hmm. love speaking to people. I love talking to people like you. I'm very interested in people's journeys and stuff. And, yeah. You know, that's kind of what makes it all worth it, I guess, you know. Yeah. Putting yourself out exactly. and having these conversations. Um, what are some of the things that you were learning? Uh, from what you learned in your podcast that you are applying to your real life? Oh, well, look, I've had a lot of great um, guests who've been really interesting. I, I I think one of the things that I've really loved talking to people about, similarly to your podcast, you know, is about people's journeys and, um, you know, I did a I did a record yesterday with um, a woman called Yelena Dokic, who you might not remember, but she was number four, um, you know, ranked number four tennis player in the world um, mm. when she was nineteen. She was um, born in Yugoslavia, but they moved to Australia, and she was a young tennis prodigy. And she had a father who was really kind of irrational and cranky, and would lose his temper and things like that around the court. 
And it wasn't till years later she spoke about and wrote about the abuse she suffered, that he was very physically violent to her for many years and that she finally managed to escape from out from under that. And she's written a second book. Um, so I was talking to her about that book and, I mean, just listening to she's very open about her mental health struggles, her eating disorder struggles and all sorts of things that she's gone through. And I just found it really inspirational um, to listen to a journey of, of someone like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think getting that, getting those, um, you know, hearing about, you know, people's journeys has been really good. But I also geek out on some of the things when I talk to people who like, you know, will talk about mind studies or neuroplasticity and things like that. So I tend to use a lot of those things in my daily life because I think that, you know, our brains are incredible vehicles, but we need to keep control of them a little bit. So if we let them go off the rails, uh, they'll lead us in the wrong direction. So I tend to use a lot of those tips that I get from people around, um, you know, correcting your thinking, um, you know, as in not letting bad thoughts or um, toxic thoughts run your life, instead generating the sort of positive thoughts that um, will keep you on track to do the things you want to do. Yeah, the mindset is a huge thing. I was just having a conversation um, last week with someone I recorded with, um, Jaina Penfilio from Nike. She worked there for 30 years and her whole thing is, uh, you know, mindset and how that has helped her uh, build this community of alumni, mm-hmm. of Nike alumni that she is working with now and in all these other areas of her life. And it's just so true. Um there's one thing that could trip you up in life, it's just having negative thoughts. Like mm-hmm. everybody undergoes, you know, massive challenges and, and various things, but it's really how you approach them and how you think about them and how you choose to move forward that that makes all the difference. Because otherwise none of us would get out of bed every day. No, and I think that people um I, you know, I'm surprised. I think that there's a lot of people who 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 don't realize that that a thought is just a thought that it's not real just because it exists in your mind it doesn't make it real um so i think people are plagued i mean it's it's usually where our suffering comes from it's just our thoughts it's the way we've decided to perceive a situation it's the way we've decided to look at a um a life event we always have the freedom to choose how we will perceive or or look at a certain life event and they can be very difficult life events and it doesn't mean you just go oh this is great you know I lost my home it's amazing no one's talking about being sort of silly and Pollyanna-ish but you can always find um, an attitude that I think allows you to grow rather than one that allows you that makes you stagnate especially in difficult times yeah yeah that's why I fully believe in the power of manifestation and vision boards you know, I know, just, and you've got I, like I uh, thank you for sending me your your uh, your your template because I think that's amazing. I think I need it's to make it's, another one for next year. It's, I've got to, I've got and I think it's <laughs> I think it's so true. And and I actually have read a lot about manifestation. I've obviously read everything from The Secret to like people like Abraham Hicks and all of those sort of um, more um, you know magical ideas around manifestation but I've also read a lot of books around manifestation written by um, you know people in the medical uh, world or people who are a little bit less woo-woo so to speak you know Mm -hmm. um, who 
really just talk about the brain as being a computer and mm-hmm. what you feed into it will um, ultimately be what it looks to recreate. So, again, it, it's not that unfathomable in medical communities that if you imagine yourself doing exercises that will increase your bicep strength, even if you never do any actual work on your bicep, weirdly, when people go back to exercise, they've done all these sort of studies, people's muscles are stronger. How can that be? Because something in you gives you that extra lift. It believes that it's possible. It pushes you beyond something. So it is a very sort of strange idea, the idea of manifestation and, you know, whether you believe it from a sort of magical sense, a law of attraction, or you believe that you're programming your brain to expect something better. Mm -hmm. I definitely believe it it works and it can be quite magical and uh, there can be a lot of serendipity when it's working the right way. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's so helpful when you're having a bad day or in a, just a bad space, bad time in life. And you look at your board, your vision board, and you're like, this will pass. I will be there you know, two steps down the line and however long the goal is. And it's true. And sometimes, you know, when you get to the end of whatever the journey is, it may not look exactly what you thought it would look like. But when you think back to where you were and all like the small steps that you've taken to get there, it's a huge leap. Mm. And it's just like, you realize, oh my God, that is so powerful. Mm. I can do whatever I put my mind to. Yeah, and I think that that's where I think that that's where you know people say that a really important factor in manifesting what you want is obviously being very grateful for what you have, which mm-hmm. is so counterintuitive when you're not really au fait with the whole process. It's like, well, how can I be grateful for this job I hate or this place that I hate my flatmates or that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I really want something else, but I think the contradiction is in if you live in a state of wanting a state of not being happy then that is what you are just constantly putting out into the world so you have to come as you said from an idea that you already have what you are looking for somehow you have to create that sense or that feeling of this is um i've achieved what i want because otherwise realistically when you get to what you want you're still not going to be happy you're just going to still be in a state of lack and you probably won't even recognize, as you said, how far you've come and what you've done. So I think kind of that's the, it's not a very uh, great tip for happiness because it's like, but I think really the tip for happiness is to be happy now. You have to try to be happy where you are right now because that is also what brings more happiness in the future. And it does it, Again, if you believe in metaphysical ideas, it does it because it draws those things to you. But if you believe in more everyday ideas, if you are happy right now, then you are, you're attracting better circumstances. People look at you in a better way. They mm-hmm. are more, you're more appealing in the world. So it works on a lot of, lot of levels, but you it can be hard for like people. Really just have to close your eyes and open them back up and see something in a different way in your own space. To be like, mm. oh, you know, yesterday I was complaining about this, but wait a minute. On this side, there's, you know, these different things that are like wonderful. 
that will like X that out, just like completely changing your thinking. And you're so right. Like the, the, um, the way to be happy is to be happy now and today with what you have, because life is so short, <laughs> you know, this could be our last day on earth and why not be happy? <laughs> Enjoy it because it's like, yeah. you know, and I look, I don't mean to, there's people can have some very real concerns, some very sure. real difficulties. So it's not about sort of just like pretending they're not there, but again, it's about, I think that idea, and these are very old fashioned ideas about making the best of it, um, about every cloud has a silver lining. These sort of sayings exist for a reason because if you have a difficult circumstance but you can find a glimmer of uh, opportunity, mm -hmm. um, you know, so say, you know, you lost your job, you can say, well, okay, this is now an opportunity for me to do some of the things that I, exactly. I wanted to do or exactly. your partner has left you. I mean, you have to find a way to um to push it forward otherwise you don't move forward and and i and in, right. and in the end the end that is your decision and i think the hardest thing too is not to compare yourself with someone else because you know we all know this everybody is on a different journey and a different path and i just think it's so important to define your own success like what that looks like it doesn't always equate to like riches and you know champagne and caviar every day that's super rare but you know these small victories that you have to take um that you have to celebrate and and honor yourself and be like you know what i just made it through a tough time and yeah. today was better that is a win you know i think like, i think you're really right about co comparison because if you are if you're in a state of comparison with other people which is really easy to do of course mm -hmm. you know we live in the age of social media but it takes you away from what you are. Like if 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 Trinette is looking at someone else and saying, "Oh, like you know, she's doing better than me in this area," that is dragging you off course. Like you said, you've got a genuine Trinette only course in life. It's not my course. It's not someone else's course. And if you're always looking at someone else, it's dragging you away in ways you probably don't realize from what is authentic to you and that's where your power is so I think as much as we can we have to try not to look at other people and also the other thing is again back to manifestation I think that the more you can be happy for other people's success you know again if you believe mm -hmm. in metaphysical concepts you'll believe that we're all one you know we're all part of a universal one that if you're putting out negative stuff about other people, if you're gossiping about people, if you're talking badly or, or being envious of other people's success, it's really, it just comes back to you. Sure so does. I think the more you can put out um, and feel genuinely happy for other people and their successes, I think the more you, you attract that energy to yourself. Oh, a thousand percent. And you also never really know what other people are going through and when they get whatever the success is it may have been way harder one than you would ever know you have mm. no clue mm. and it is just always better to be just happy for people because they all just everybody deserves to be happy and whatever you know challenges they overcame and risks they took to, to get that perhaps different than what you're doing but 
today is their day. Tomorrow's yours. <laughs> exactly. I agree for with sure. that. For sure. So Kate, tell me, what are you reading these days? Well, I am, I, I tend to be a juggler. I juggle a lot of books at one time. So I'm reading, I might even have them with me. Um, I'm reading a, I'm reading a book by an Australian uh, author called Stephanie Dowrick, and it's called, um, I think it's called something like My Name Is Not Anxious, and she's a, a counsellor and she's a bit, I think she's, she's, she's quite spiritual. She's written a few books and I'm going to interview her. So I'm reading her book ahead of an interview. I'm also, because I, I can't ever stop reading enough, I'm reading a Wayne Dyer book because I just, yeah. I, love, I love him. He just makes me happy. So um, there's not a lot that's new in this book for me, but I, I really enjoy that. I'm going to keep going because I am actually reading keep a lot going. of different books. Um, I'm also reading this book. This is um, this is a fiction book. So what I usually have is a is a bit of a fiction book, a bit of a sort of personal growth book, and sometimes something a bit more, um, uh, you know, nonfiction sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So this one is called Brother of the More Famous Jack and it's just a fiction book and it's just the most lovely, lovely book. And I saw it recommended. Do you know the author Anne Patchett? I follow yes. her on Instagram and she recommends books all the time and I usually get them. But I remembered this book because I remembered my mum, who's a great reader, a very, a very interested and interesting reader. Her, I remembered her reading this book and it's about many years old now. It's 40 years old. I, I don't know it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful book I'm really enjoying that so that's what I'm into at the moment I read quite widely on all sorts of things I post them on my Instagram um, I see I like a lot of them yeah I like I to that. read about um, I mean I'm interested in all sorts of things like even things like physics I think but I don't understand any of it but I find it really fascinating because I think I'm interested in the way the world works so I try to read about things like that I just got that book out um called Empire of Pain which is about okay. the Sackville um family they're the family who are essentially the pharmaceutical company that um ah, created oxy yes. oxy oxy yeah. oxycontin so Empire of Pain that show on Hulu. I think that I think is that I think that might be a documentary about that family, or is it a similar? It, it, it's not a documentary; it's a series. But yes, it's oh, about it's a that series. Family. Yeah. Yes, and this is the book, so I'm okay. going to start reading that. I just find all of that fascinating. The way that world, um, you know, promotes sickness and things like that. So I'm I'm interested in wellness as well. But anyway, so there you go. <laughs> That's the I long answer reading. to your short question. <laughs> I'm always juggling a couple of books myself it is just like honestly my my favorite thing to do is just to me read. too it took me a long time to come to that because I think when reading such a solitary hobby especially when I had young kids I was like mm -hmm. I really need a hobby that I can do you know that includes my children or something that's like hiking or something like that now I do do things like hiking these days but reading is a hobby it's just it's it's such a it's such a solo pursuit that it's you kind of almost don't see it as a hobby right 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 but it's amazing it is God amazing bless all the writers out there yeah um my last question for you is yes what piece of music inspires you 
that. This is such a hard question. I've stumped you. Why? Um, music. I listen to a lot of old music. I, I, I must admit, it's a. I feel a bit bad because I, I haven't kept up with new music as much as I should. I, I tend to go back when I listen to Spotify and, you know, the other day I was rocking out to a bit of ELO. I mean, it really ages me. Um, uh, I really love, um, I do really love, still love Beatles. I really love the song Golden Slumbers. It's a really short song by the I Beatles. I know that one. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. I've you will, it. you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll know it. It's on Abbey Road. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. But yeah, I think I'm a bit folksy in my music. I, I listen to a lot of old sort of, you know, people from the 60s and the and the 70s. Oh, although I was same. only only born in the 70s, Trinette. But you know, this well, is how it goes. Same. Same. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, look, it's it's that sort of stuff. I wish I would listen to a bit of a bit more new music, but um, but it passes me by. Well, and it's not as good. <laughs> that's the way to think about it i swear i'm a child of the uh, 90s that that decade for music was amazing in the 70s well and the 80s too yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely a lot of 80s hits on my playlist you saw my spotify you'd be like oh she likes old music too <laughs> okay well i can i look it up can i get can i see your spotify Are you shared any shared I will, any I will share it with you Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. You'll see. You'll see. Well, thank you so much for joining tomorrow morning for you down there. Down thank under. you. Yes, we are a day ahead, so it's um, plus fifteen from here. Yeah, plus fifteen. It's 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 morning time for us, and I'm just about to enter into the day. I've got some things to do for my podcast, and um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful day here in Sydney, Australia. So I hope it's it's nice for you guys as well. It's been cold, but uh, oh. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> we are going into winter, so it's expected. It's all right. Yeah. It was sunny today, so there you go. There's the win. Oh, well, that's a plus. <laughs> There's the win. Well, thank you, Kate. Have a wonderful day, and uh, thank you all for listening. And I will put all the information in your show notes and folks know how to podcast. Wonderful. Thanks, Trinette. Lovely to talk to you. You too. Take care. Bye. My Time, My Life with Trinette Faint is a Floor 51 production.